on. We really appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. She just kind of took it by the horn. She made up forms. She went and walked the streets and talked to all these businesses, and she got stuff donated. There were some pretty cool things donated. Um, for those of you who know Root Down Restaurant right down the hill and Linger, they're, they're kind of working together. She got $50 gift certificates to each of those places donated. She got water donated from Laughing Latte. She got another gift certificate from a, the Peruvian restaurant, Ceviche, right over there. She got a gift certificate for that. Um, she got some uh, multiple other things. Hair salons kicked money in. Little Man Ice Cream kicked some money in. Highland Tavern Burger. Just a lot of different people that she was able to talk to, and she did it with less than a month <laughs> to the race, which when you're going to somebody to get a sponsorship, that's not enough time. <laughs> They're like, you're doing what? When? Next next month? <laughs> um, okay. So she did a great job. So I want to thank you for that. For everybody else, if you volunteered yesterday, can you guys stand up? If you were a volunteer and helped either with registration or with standing on a street corner or timing or whatever else you did. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I was I was laying awake most of this last week going, we need at least 13 people to volunteer, and we had five. <laughs> I was going, how are we going to do it with five volunteers? How are we going to make this thing run, and how's it going to go? But it went really well, for those of you who weren't there. Um, we had a lot of people who came and ran it who said it was done very well, that they were surprised, that they were glad that they were going to run it next year. I think the trig said they ran into somebody over there on the corner that, that wasn't running it this year, but said for sure they're going to run it next year. Um, so we had it. It was really good. It was a good first try. We actually had a, um, a Sweeney's Pizza out here on the corner. That was another one of the sponsors. They were giving out pizza afterward, so that was kind of cool. If you've never been to Pasquini's, you guys should go there. They have phenomenal pizza and breadsticks. Breadsticks, breadsticks. You can get all the free breadsticks you want. You could probably fill up on breadsticks and get one little slice of pizza, but little slice of pizza is like this big. So they have really good pizza. If you've never been there, you guys should go over there. But they were here. We had interstate batteries. Um, one of the guys who used to go to our church a few years ago runs one of the branches there, and so he set up out here and was giving away raffles, raffles and all stuff, gave us a bunch more sponsor type stuff, so it was a lot of fun. I have some pictures here, hopefully, we can show you from yesterday, so we'll just run through them here, but there was one of our runners, they, I think the, the Sippies had a, both of their boys in the stroller, and I think they got third place with their boys, their boys got third place, so that was pretty cool, had a pretty good time there for Joel not being able to walk, and Evan not even walking or crawling, I don't even know if he's crawling yet, but he, he did really well on the 5K. There was Rich giving some of the pre-race announcements there as we were getting ready to run. Everybody lined up. And there was the, the beginning of the race as we took off for our 5K. That girl in the blue shirt there beat me. <laughs> beat Patrick Meyer. Patrick Meyer was actually the fastest person in our, our 5K this year in our church. Uh, but we got, we got, he was 11th, so there were 10 people ahead of us. This time, but that girl beat both of us. We, we tried to beat her. Wasn't gonna happen. She was really good. She actually won the overall women's time. She was from. She's a senior at the North High School. There, their track team and their cross country team as well. Their volleyball team came and ran with us. Their coach kicked in their money um, there to, to register them, and so they were all running with us. And needless to say, they took about first through ten. <laughs> They, they beat us pretty good. I, I had grand visions of keeping up with them for about the first block. 
and they were gone. <laughs> I didn't even see them when I made the corner down the hill as we went down towards the park. They were already crossing the bridge, and they were a long ways ahead there. So there's some of them there at the beginning as they were running across the bridge down in the Commons Park. Our route started here at the building. We had our finish line and start line route here, and we ran down Tejon, down across the walking bridge across 25, and then into Commons Park. So that's them coming into Commons Park. We went down Commons Park, around Cuernavaca Park, and then back up the, the monster hill, the hill, <laughs> the death hill, whatever you want to call it. It came right after mile two, and if you've ever walked from the walking bridge down there up to Zuni and 32nd, I think it's like that. It's something like that. Maybe maybe that's steep. That's how it feels for sure when you're running. I, I, I can speak for, I think it's about everybody here. You hit that hill and it was, oh my, <laughs> here we go. And everybody slowed down. <laughs> Except for those high schoolers. <laughs> I, I think the kid who won it there had a time of 18 minutes and 21 seconds for a 5K, which is impressive when you see that hill in the middle of it. So there's a hill right there at the end. That's, that's a good time on flat ground, uh, six minute miles, and he, he, he did it up that big hill too, I don't know how, I was so far behind, I was just praying, get to the end, get to the end, I can make it, my legs hurt really bad, I can make it, I think that's probably, I heard that from several other people too, I think we just kind of broke into prayer at that point, and hoping God would give us that energy to get up the hill and make it to the finish line, but I, I did have the thought running through a few times of, I, I think I'm just going to quit, I'm, I can't make this, but I think we all pushed through, I didn't hear of anybody that actually quit, a few people might have stopped and walked up the hill a little ways, but we did, I think everybody did it and did it well. There's uh, another, another good runner there in the stroller. She got a pretty good time too. Matt, obviously pushing. He had a really good time for pushing a baby in a, a stroller. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even have made it halfway up that big hill with the stroller, let alone all the way around. So, so Matt did really good there. Sarah, Grubin running hard. There's Rich. That's not even a mile into it, and you can tell he's already in trouble. No, he did He did really well. Didn't win his age division or anything, but he finished. He, he had a pretty decent time there, so got it done. There's some of the moms. Christine, I think that's, I think, yeah, that's Christine running there. And then this picture was mostly other people, but you can see over there on the left, I think the Sippies and some moms. Leah's back there on the right pushing a stroller. So that was the walkers that were kind of bringing up the kids towards the back there. There's Brad, working hard. I think he gets the, the sweatiest shirt when he was done. Metal. We didn't have that, but he was soaked. It was impressive. I was, I was sweaty, but not quite that sweaty. There's Kayla. She's not even trying. I think she could have beat those high school kids if she was running a little harder. She had enough time to smile. I couldn't even smile. I tried. I tried, but there was too much pain. I couldn't force out to smile as we rounded the corner. There's Sarah, Albert, running there. <coughs> and then here's one of the kids. I think he won the 14 and under age division. So we broke it into six different age divisions. There was 0 to 14, four, so pretty much 14 and under, 15 to 19, and then it was 10-year age gaps, 20 to 29, 30 to 39, 40, 49, 50 to 59, and then 60 and up. So we gave medals. That's what he has there. Nice gold medal. It had our logo on it. it. had the Firehouse 5K logo on it. So we gave those out to the first place male and female in each age division as well as ribbons for second and third there. So I think Pat, Pat might be the only one who got it. Did anybody else get a medal that's in our church? I think. Who did? 
Amy. Oh yeah, Amy, that's right. Amy won her age division. So we had two people win their age division, so that was cool. Have some runners here with us. That was the, the girl that beat Pat and I. She won overall. She's a runner. I couldn't have beat her if I had tried. I, I got to the top of that hill and I was right behind her, like right behind her, maybe from here to that wall. And I turned the corner at 30 seconds in and she was gone. <laughs> I didn't even see her. So somehow, either I blacked out for a block and she ran away with it or she just was really fast when it hit the end, but it was, it was fun. And there's one of, that's uh, Pastor's wife there in our Aurora church. They came, uh, Dave Kanashag and Michelle came and ran. She, she got, I think, second in her age division. And he actually, the pastor won his age division in the 50 to 59. And there's Teresa trying to take the credit for her sister. That's Amy's medal hanging around her neck. <laughs> she, she won two prizes somehow. But no, she was great. She helped. She was working registration and, and did a great job for us. So that was wonderful. Those are our shirts. By the way, if you want one of those shirts, we have like 60 of them left over. So I ordered a few too many. Hard to do when you're first time knowing how many shirts to order. So if you want one, they're $10 a piece. We can give them just a little more than it cost us. So, and that money, again, we'd give to North High School. So we have them. If you want to buy one right after, we have boxes of them. There's some of every size, small to extra, extra large. So if you want one of those, we'll be selling those, trying to get them. And on the back, I don't know if you saw it in any of the other pictures, but it's got just all the sponsors that helped us out. So their logo's on the back. Is that the last picture? Is there another one? That's it? Okay. So that was the 5K. I'll, we'll let you guys know. I'm... Still, I gotta figure out the money side of it. We have a box full of, of all the day of registrations and everything, so we're trying to figure out exactly how much money we made and how much we're giving to them. But it'll probably be somewhere around three thousand dollars that we what we made and be able to give to North High School. So that's really cool. It's awesome for the first year. We didn't know how much we we, we told them at one point, kind of jokingly, that hey, this is our first year, and you may actually have to give us money <laughs> when we're done with this thing. We're, we're planning on giving you money, but you may have to give us money. But we actually made money, so that was really cool. That was kind of fun because that was our whole goal there. But um, So this morning, this, um, I, I'm in charge of, of sharing the next message in our Mighty Men of David. And we're going to look at Benaiah. And you probably go, who? you never heard of him, but you have. And you probably just didn't notice it. So we're going to take a look at him. I, I um, just really prayed about this. I didn't have a whole lot of time. Grace has a great picture of me at home. I ran the race yesterday and I got home. And all this last week was pretty much time spent doing 5K stuff, making registration, getting sure, making sure everything was ready to go. So I, I got to work on this yesterday. <laughs> she has a great picture of me. I was watching my son as he was playing in the sandbox. Just that we got him a new sandbox so he was playing. And I was sitting in a chair with my Bible, my books, and I'm reading and writing. And I lasted for about 15 minutes and I was <laughs> I was out cold sitting in the chair I, I was like oh my that was not good I needed more time so um, I, I feel like God's going to bless today but you guys could really more pray in here just pray that God speaks through me and I can get out of the way and he can really show you something about this mighty man that you can apply that you can walk away with today that you can understand this story number one you can understand who this guy was a little better you, I hope after you leave today someone asks you who Benaiah was that you'll know because <laughs> before this probably how many of you guys know who he was any any significance to him a few there's a few but hopefully you'll, you'll understand a little more today because we're going to really look at a, uh, several different scriptures here we're going to read them together and then we're going to talk about how how his life can apply to our lives so but before we do that let's just pray and ask God that he blesses this morning 
Well, God, we thank you for this morning. God, again, we thank you for just blessing our church. God, we thank you for yesterday, just the opportunity to be out in our neighborhood, God, to be just loving on our neighbors and be able to give such a, a great um, amount there to, to North High School. God, for just blessing that school and be able to help them get features for their football field there. God, we thank you for just all their um, tractors and people in volleyball that were able to come and run with us yesterday and just getting a chance to talk to them and love on them and show them that we're, we're supporting them here in the neighborhood. And um, God, we just thank you for the opportunity we had yesterday to see so many people come into our, our new building here on the corner, the building you've blessed us with. God, we thank you for that. But God, we pray this morning that you would just speak to our hearts. God, help us to understand your word better this morning. Help us to look at it. Help us to remember it. God, help us not to be thinking about lunch afterward or what we're going to eat or what we're going to do. But God, that we could focus on you here for the next 20 minutes and really just see um, what you want us to learn this morning. God, help me to just get out of the way. God, help, um, help me just to let you speak through me this morning. And just pray you bless uh, our, our time here. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, again, Benaiah, who was he? He's one of the, David's mighty men. Uh, his name there, Benaiah, means Jehovah has built. If you take the meaning of it, that's what it means, Jehovah has built. He was the third leader of David's army, so he was the third leader there. He was counselor to the kings, and he was a loyal friend both to David and Solomon. Uh, so and that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's a pretty big role. He was around for a little while there. Uh, but let's look at some verses. You guys have Bibles. There's Bibles on the chair in front of you, maybe in a pocket on the floor. If you don't have a Bible, please just raise your hand. I see there's some up here in the front. Anybody need one? Anybody need a Bible? Raise your hand if you don't have one. Everybody got one? Everybody good? Okay, we're going we're gonna to read 2 Samuel chapter 8, verses 15 through 18, which is on page 303 in your house Bible. If you're using one of these Bibles, it's page 303. We're just going to read a few verses here that describe Benaiah here in the time of David, when he was serving David and he was helping there, and then also when he's, he's around in Solomon's time. So we're going to... We're going to just read some of these verses together. We're going to look at what he did. And then again at the end, we're just going to have a few applications of things, ways that we can use his life for things that we can look at in his life that we can apply to ours. So again, Second Samuel 8, verses 15 through 18. The section here in, in the Bible is titled, titled David's Officials. But it says, David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. Joab, son of Zariah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Halad, was recorder. Zadok, son of Ahitab, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were priests. Zariah was secretary. Benaiah, there he is, son of Jehoiada, was over the Kerithites and Pelethites. And David's sons were royal advisors. So what do we see from that group of verses there? We see two different, we see kind of two different things, and one we can infer, but we'll see it more later. But he was a member of David's cabinet. He was one of the guys that was in there. He was one of the officials. Um, if you know what a cabinet is, that we could say that that's the term there. Just officials that were close to him, that were helping him make decisions. So he was one of those guys. And then he was also in charge of David's bodyguard. If you, if you know anything about those other guys there that he was in charge of, they were the, David's personal bodyguard. They were to protect him. So he was a member of that. Now let's switch, flip over to First Chronicles 11. We'll get a little different picture. So First Chronicles 11, verses 22 through 25. And that's going to be on page 404 in the House Bible, if you have it there. And this is kind of what we read last week. Rich read a chunk of this. It goes through David's mighty men. It lists them out. And we're going to read the, the section of David's mighty men there that's relevant to Benaiah. 
So again, it's First Chronicles 11, verses 22-25, but it says, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel who performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's best men. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down an Egyptian who was seven and a half feet tall. Although the Egyptian had a spear like a weaver's rod in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He, too, was as famous as the three mighty men. He was held in greater honor than any of the thirty, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. So there again we see the bodyguard. He's in charge of those guys that were in charge of him. And he did some pretty valiant things there. He took on two guys. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think any of us have been in hand-to-hand combat or anything, but one-on-one is hard enough. <laughs> Yet he took on two guys at the same time and he beat them and he took on a guy that was much larger than him, seven and a half feet tall. I'm not seven and a half feet tall. Here's seven and a half feet tall. There was a big guy. Big guy. We probably had really long arms. If you're really tall, you have long arms, which means you usually have the upper hand in a battle. If you have longer arms, you can be further away and you can still strike. And he had a spear, and, and Benai was just going up against him with a club. And yet he took the spear from him and killed him with his own spear. That's pretty impressive. And I think the most impressive is all is he went into a pit with a lion. I'm pretty sure none of us would ever go in a pit with a lion. <laughs> that's that's got to be scary. I mean, you're in a pit. You can't get out very easy. If you start to lose, you're in trouble. But he went in there on a snowy day and, and he killed a lion, which is pretty impressive. Um, let's look at a, a couple other verses here. First Chronicles 27. We'll get a little different picture here. But First Chronicles 27, 5 and 6, it'll give us an idea. Again, a little picture who he was. So it's First Chronicles 27, verses 5 and 6, page 420. So this just gives the description. It's going through the, the army divisions. It's showing the different army divisions. So we're going to get an idea of where he was there. The thing I said at the beginning where he was the third leader of David's army. So give us a description of that. So it says, The third army commander for the third month was Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, the priest. He was chief there. And he was chief, and there were 24,000 men in his division. This is Benaiah, who was a mighty man, and among the 30, and was over the 30. And his son, Amizadab, was in charge of his division. So that's pretty cool. He's in charge of the army. He's in charge of 24,000 men. He was chief of those guys. Another thing I think we see there is that his father was a priest. So that gives you a little more information. His father was a priest. And then again, if you look back at those other things, he struck down the two Moabites. He killed a lion. He struck down the seven and a half foot tall Egyptian. And then I really like that part where it says he was, he was mighty and he was among the 30 and when he was over the 30. And in that other verse it says that he was held in greater honor than the 30. Which is pretty impressive because these 30 men were impressive men. Right? They were men who were doing mighty things for David. Only 30 of them. And yet he was held in greater honor than any of the 30. So now let's look because it transitions from David to Solomon here. Turn to First Kings. Sorry, I'm, I'm giving you a history lesson here. A quick one. Try and do it so you understand him a little better. And then hopefully you'll, you'll remember who he is from now on. But this is going to be a, a little bit bigger section. I'm going to try and read it fast so we don't spend a whole lot of time on it. But I really want you to get some of what happened here. So in, at the beginning of 1 Kings here, Adonijah, one of at, um, David's other sons, is setting himself up as king. 
He's setting himself up as king, and so we're going to see some things that happen here that involve Benaiah. But we'll start in um, verse 7, 1 Kings 1, 7. And I'm just going to read some here again quickly as I can. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Zariah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiah, there he is, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, and Ray, and David's special guard did not join Adonijah. Anijah then sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zoholath near Enrogel. He invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the special guard, or his brother Solomon. And I think you see there that he was, Benaiah was loyal to David. He was loyal to David. He was not loyal to his, his son there. So that's a, kind of a cool picture you see of, of loyalty there. And then you get this thing where um, Bathsheba is going to, and Nathan the prophet are going to King David, just telling him what Adonijah is doing and trying to get him to stop because Solomon was supposed to be king. So we're going to skip over some verses there because that takes you over that next section. But we're going to pick it back up in, in verse 26. So if you turn the page, verse 26. And so, again, they're talking here, but it says, But, but me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, this is Nathan talking, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he did not invite. Again, we see they're not invited. Is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? So that was Nathan the prophet, again, sharing with David, just saying, Hey, did you do this, David? I don't think you did. Solomon's in charge, but he's, he's making that known to David. And then we see this. Then King David said, Call him Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath, As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. Then Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground, and kneeling before the king said, May my lord King David live forever. King David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. When they came before the king, he said to them, Take your Lord's servants with you and set Solomon my son on my own mule and take him down to Gihon. There have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then you are to go up with him and he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord God of my lord the king so declare it. As the Lord was with my lord the king, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than the throne of my lord king David. So we see there, he's, Benaiah is there when Solomon becomes king, when he gets anointed. These next few verses here um, just describe how they did it. They pretty much just say the exact same thing we said. Um, so he goes with them, Benaiah goes down there. And then we see again, so that's the next verses all the way through the end of the chapter. It just actually that plays out. He goes down, he goes, they anoint him king, and back and forth. You see his name a few more times there in the end of that chapter. So then we jump into chapter 2. So David's starting to, to charge Solomon. He charges Solomon to be king. And then Solomon's throne is established. And in that, right at, right at the end of David's time, when he's telling Solomon what to do, he kind of gives him these few people. And he says, okay, this guy, Adonijah, he's done something very bad. Joab has done something bad. Shimei has done something bad. You need to take care of these things, he tells Solomon. And so Solomon becomes king. And then let's turn the page again. Go to verse 25 of chapter 2. So 2.25. 
And we see again, now King Solomon. Now he's under King Solomon. And he's one of King Solomon's right-hand man. Right-hand man. And so it says in verse 25, So King Solomon gave orders to Benias and Jehida, and he struck down Adonijah, and he did. So he listened, he followed. He, he was the one who struck down Adonijah for King Solomon. Skip to verse 29. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. Then Solomon ordered Benias and Jehida, Go, strike him down. So Benaiah entered the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king says, Come out. But he answered, No, I will die here. Benaiah reported to the king, This is... This is how Joab answered me. Then the king commanded Benaiah, Do as he says, strike him down and bury him. And so clear me in my father's house of the guilt of the innocent blood that Joab shed. The Lord will repay him for the blood he shed, because without the knowledge of my father, King David, he attacked two men and killed them with the sword. Both of them, Abner, son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amasa, son of Jether, commander of Judah's army, were better men and more upright than he. May the guilt of their blood rest on the head of Joab and his descendants forever. But on David and his descendants, his house and his throne, may there be the Lord's peace forever. So Benaiah, son of Jehida, went up and struck down Joab and killed him. And he was buried on his own land in the desert. The king put Benaiah, son of Jehida, over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abiathar with Zadok the priest. And then jump down to verse 46. This is the last verse. And we see the last thing. Here he's talking about Shimei, and Shimei was to go away, and he wasn't supposed to ever leave and come back, and he does. He disobeys, he goes, and he comes back. And the king gave the order to Benias and Jehida, and he went out and struck down Shimei and killed him. The kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. And like that last verse, the kingdom was firmly established, and it happened through this chapter by using Benaiah. That's how it became firmly established. Benaiah was a, a man of justice. God used him to seek justice. For Solomon, he was the man who went out and did these things to bring about justice. So that's kind of a cool look on that. But we also see from that that uh, again he was loyal to David. He was charged by David to anoint Solomon as king. He was given those orders to strike down those three men: Adonijah, Joab, and Shimei. And then at the end there, he was appointed commander of the army. So now instead of the third commander, he's the, the commander of the entire army. Um, and that's, that's where God had put him. The last verse we're going to look at is 1 Kings 4. So turn over two chapters, 1 through 6. And this is just going to reinforce where he's at there as the, the commander of the army. But it's the sections entitled Solomon's Officials and Governors. And so King Solomon ruled over all Israel. And these were his chief officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, the priest. Elizabeth and Ahijah, sons of... Shisha secretaries. These names are great. Those of you who try to read them, it's challenging. But Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilad, recorder. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, commander-in-chief. So he became the commander-in-chief. Zadok and Abiathar, priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the district officers. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest and personal advisor to the king. Ahishar, in charge of the palace. Adoniram, son of Abda, in charge of forced labor. So he became the guy. He became over the host of the army. He was in charge. He was the commander-in-chief of the army. So I bet you didn't know all those things about this one guy before, did you? Or new things. You didn't understand it was that same guy that was doing these things. He had a lot of influence. He was a man that God used. He was in King David, two, probably two of the biggest kings in the Bible that you know of. King David, King Solomon. Everybody knows about King David, King Solomon. Yet this guy was instrumental in both of them, helping God to 
seek justice where it was to be had, to run things, to be the, the go-to guy for these, these two men. So I think there's a couple things that we can look at and maybe a picture we can get from Benaiah. And this is going to be the application part. And the first part is, if you look at his life and what he did, he's, he's a great picture of the overcoming life. He's a great picture of the overcoming life. We can look at it in three specific examples, and it's, it's the ones that come out of, we're sorry about the mighty men there, but we can look at it in respect to the Egyptian. The Egyptian can be looked at as the world. The world is the Egyptian. It was worldly. The Egyptians were powerful. Yet, Benaiah came in and he took it out. He didn't, he didn't get scared. He didn't run away. He didn't back down when he came up against... I imagine most of us, if we came to a field and we had a little club, and we met a guy that was a foot and a half taller than us with a huge spear, we'd probably just run away <laughs> and call it quits, right? Hey, I can't beat this guy. But Benaiah didn't. He was strong there. He didn't run from the world. He didn't run from the Egyptian. Just like we shouldn't run, run, run. We don't want to run from the world, but we don't want to give in to the world either. We have to set ourselves against the world. We have to be strong there. We have to stand up. We have to make a stand, even when it seems like we're outnumbered. Even when it seems like, wow, that's such a big thing. That's such a big thing. It could take me out. I, we need to be strong. And, and how do we do that? We do that with each other. We do that by standing alongside each other. We do that by being a loyal member of a church, just like Benaiah was loyal to the kings there. He had men around him. He was in charge of the 30. He was in charge of the... Uh, I mean, he was in honor. He was with those guys that were the biggest guys at the time. They were the mightiest men at the time. And he, he went shoulder to shoulder with them, and he just did what God told him to do, and he followed, he followed those men. Another one we can look at is you can look at Moab. Those couple guys from Moab, if you know Moab at the time, we can compare that to the flesh. Not giving into the flesh, not giving into our lusts, not giving into our desires of self righteousness, whatever it may be. We cannot give into those things. Just like he, he attacked two of those guys. Sometimes I think our flesh feels like that. It feels like we're being attacked by two of ourselves, right? It's a challenge. We feel like there's no way we can just fight it off and get through it. It's, it's in us. How can we get rid of this? It feels like we're fighting it, but we can't. We can overcome it if we really trust and if we obey God. And we, again, if we're together, that's such a big part of it. We have to be together. We have to be shoulder to shoulder with each other. We have to be sharing our struggles with each other. Our struggles with the flesh, what are we struggling with? We need to be sharing that with somebody. We can't just be holding it in and hoping it's not going to get out, hoping that somebody doesn't find out something that's eating me alive. No, you need to share that. You need to be honest. You need to be transparent. You need to be open and just let them know. Let someone know. Let a brother know. Let someone on your small group, let someone that you live with know the things you struggle with and be honest with it. That's the only way you can accomplish it. That's the only way you can overcome it. And you need to do it. You need to fight it off. You can't give in. And then the last one, what do you think the lion represents? What does the lion represent in the Bible? Anyone? The devil. Satan. I think it's a great picture of that. Satan wants to get us in that pit with him. He wants to get us in that pit. But... He didn't, he didn't give in, right? But now he didn't give in. He didn't just go down there and die. <laughs> I mean, he took out a lion, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure any of us got thrown in a cage with a lion, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> we'd be in trouble. But again, again, we can, we can have that same thing here if we stay together. If we don't let the devil divide us, if we go in there and we take on the, that we're not going to give in, but we're going to fight. We're going to fight the devil. We're not going to let him in. We're not going to let him into our lives. We're not going to let him destroy us. We're not going to let him destroy our church. We're not going to let him destroy our neighborhood. We've got to take a stand. And Benaiah took a stand there, and he overcame. He overcame that lion. He overcame the Moabite. He overcame the Egyptians. So I think it's a great picture. He's a great guy. 
to look at. Uh, again, very powerful man, man of the time, like big. You see his name a lot there in those chapters, and there's more. There's a lot more places where you can find things. I tried to just give you a few to give you an idea of who he was. But he was a he was a good man. He was a mighty man, a man that each one of us can be, man or woman. We can be the same. We can have that. It would be cool to be um, compared with him someday in heaven, right? We're in heaven, and here's all the things you did. Here's the things you did. You accomplished these things. And I think when we look back at it, maybe it's not you killed a lion with your bare hands. <laughs> I don't know if any of us are going to do that. If you are, let me know. I'll come try and help you. <laughs> I don't know how, how scary that would be, but if that's what God calls you to do, I'm there with you. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's going to be things in our lives down the line that are going to be lions, where the devil's going to try and attack us, where he's going to try and take us out of the game. And if we're doing it on our own, the devil's probably going to win. We need to be shoulder to shoulder with each other. We need to be alongside each other. And the flesh and the world, all of it's trying to get its claws into us. It's trying to take us out. It's trying to take us out of this game. It's trying to take us out of the game of obeying God and being part of His kingdom and doing what He says. And we need to be together. So I think that's what we can learn from Him. I hope that speaks to your heart a little bit. I hope you see some encouragement there. But it can be done. That you can do it. But that's, that's what I have. So let's, let's pray. And that will be our day. God, we thank you. So this morning, God, we thank you that you are king. God, we thank you that you are Lord of lords. God, that you're in control of all of this. God, you, we may not have lions that we're fighting or seven and a half feet tall Egyptians or, the, or Moab men, men from Moab, multiples. God, but you have things in our lives that are like these things. Things that we choose every day to fight or to give into, whether it's our flesh and thoughts and lust or whatever it is. God, or whether it's the world and just wanting to be more like the world, wanting to have more money, wanting this, wanting that, wanting to be popular. Or whether it's the devil attacking us at our core, through our family, through um, just different situations, work, whatever it may be. The devil's at work. He wants to take us out of the game. And we're the people he's going after. The people who are obeying him, the people who, who, the people who are obeying God, he's going after. God, we don't want to be taken out. We don't want to be taken out. We want to be a man who stands up and who is strong for you. A man, a woman who stands up and is strong for you. Help us to do that, God. Help us together. Help us just be shoulder to shoulder, loving on each other here in this church. God, help us to be serving you. Help us to be looking for opportunities, God, to rescue others from the devil's grasp, from the grasp of the world, from the grasp of the flesh. God, help us to be rescuing and pulling them in here. God, and just grow us strong. Help us to be strong. For you, God, we want to be mighty men and women for you. We want to be known as that. We want to be the hundreds, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever the number is. God, we want to be that for you. Help us to do that. Help us to focus on you this week. God, I pray that if there is something that's attacking our flesh or something that we, um, we struggle with in the world that we're not telling somebody, God, I pray this week you would challenge us to be honest about that. God, you would help us to just be open and transparent no matter how humbling that may be, no matter how scary that sounds, God, help us to do that this week so that we're not taken out of the game and that we're not a surprise victim of the devil. God, help us. Help us to do that. Help us to just work together and be loyal to each other here, God. Be so loyal to each other that we can count on each other no matter what the thing may be that comes up, that we'd be there for each other and we would fight for each other. Again, God, we thank you for this morning. Pray you'd bless in Jesus' name.
Amen. All right, well, thank you guys for coming this morning. Again, we have small groups this week. There are cards up in the, on the table, up in the cafe. There's a table with some books on it. So if you're interested in a small group, pick one of those up. If you look at them, they'll tell you what, what kind of people, whether it's students or whether it's working professionals or whether it's a, a married small group with kids, it'll tell you on those cards what they are. But we would love to have you join us this week. We're just going to dig into maybe some more of these thoughts of how can we overcome the flesh as a group? How can we overcome the world? How can we be a benign? in our time today. And we're going to just dig into these scriptures a little more, think about them a little more, and discuss. That's, that's really the greatest part of it. It's just really discussing it together and figuring out how together we can be more like, like this guy. So join us please on Wednesday. And again, if you have any junk sitting around your house waiting for the garage sale, anything that you're getting rid of, maybe it's not junk. Maybe you just want to get rid of it. This would be a great place to do it. Um, we're going we're gonna to put everything out on the sidewalks on Saturday, and we're just going to let the whole neighborhood come and, and buy stuff. And So if you have anything at all, please just bring it, donate it here, and, and we'll, we'll get it out and, and sell it this week, and hopefully we can make a couple hundred dollars. That would be great. So thanks again for coming, and have a good rest of your day.